Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. Go to iTunes. Go review, review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio because that would be awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this keeps stopping, but that's cool too. So my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, yeah, like I said, go go review, rate, review, and subscribe. Have fun with that. Shut up. Uh, so yeah, the, on today's episode, today's pod, we're gonna we're gonna, uh, dude. I'm like You're all struggling right, right now. now, dude. I'm I like <laughs> because of the stupid things stop starting and stopping. It's like throwing me off. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so we're gonna start with our fearless beer review. <laughs> then we're gonna get into some uh, vinyl talk stuff we got this week. Uh, that leads into our picks of the week, and then gonna finish it up with some new music and happenings in the music world. Now, Jeff. Let's uh, let's just get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got? Alrighty, I got a porter today. Okay, that's gross. Not okay. a stout, a porter. Big difference. Porters are better though. Uh, they're pretty much the same thing. So you know. No, they're, they're no, they're better. Mm, no, it's just it's the same thing. That's fine though. Um, so I got a peanut butter chocolate porter. It's a porter with peanut butter, lactose, and cacao nibs. Dessert series. It's from Braxton Labs Brewing Company. That doesn't sound very appetizing. Braxton Labs. State of Kentucky. Mm. Kentucky. Mm. I always forget about Kentucky. Why? Um, I don't know. Just don't care enough, I guess. I mean, I would say uh, there's probably a good 48 states I forget about. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know which one is forgotten the most? I feel is Delaware. 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 Nobody ever talks about Delaware. What about Rhode Island too? No, Rhode Island's like different like enough to where guys on Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah, nothing Delaware. happens in Delaware, and it's so small. It's like probably the size of Orange County. Like, where is Delaware? Is that next to Alaska? Is it like bordering Hawaii? <laughs> I have no idea where Delaware is. <laughs> <It's a> bordering. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anywhere. It could. I mean, honestly, you never know. It could be anywhere. We should get rid of Delaware and just bring in Guam. It's like just a transfer it over. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's like a full time full time squad member. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. it's too far though. That, that's what I got. Oh no, we move it to to the United States. Oh, we, okay, yeah, we, we move, yeah. okay. But we, then put Delaware it. where Guam is. Yeah, because fuck, okay. fuck Delaware is. Uh, this is seven point two percent, so um, it's not it's not too bad, but it's got a little kick to it. So you've already had it? No, I haven't. Ah. I mean, I, me? I, no, I don't. I, I haven't had it. I assume that there's not like a big kick to it at seven point two percent. Last time I drank like a fourteen percent and. It like ruined me. Well, you shouldn't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. high <laughs> school. All right, so you got you got a porter, a tasty porter. Uh, I got what do I have? I have Kook Double IPA Dippa from Pizza Port Brewing, and uh, I lo- I love Pizza Port Brewing. I like their pizza. 
I like their beer. I was just there yesterday, and it was very tasty. It was one of the better pizza port experiences. I don't know why you hate it so much. I don't. I don't hate it. It's just. It's like it's far away for one, and yeah. their pizza is mediocre to good. It's it's pretty good. It's never it's never better than good, but it's mediocre to good. No, it's pretty good, man. I don't know if you, we've eaten the same pizza then. I've had Pizza Port probably more times in a day than you've had in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was really good. And then we went to the, uh, Mike and I went to the record store next door. Picked up a couple records, but, you know, I'll talk about that later. Sure. Anyway, yeah, I got I got Kook Double IPA. It's 8.5%. And uh, if, it's, if, it, if it's anything like any other um, Pizza Port beer, it's going to be good. So there you go. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to try this. Mm. Okay. Ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, here we go. Oh. Ooh, it's strong. That's a strong and strong and what percent is that? Eight point five. Oh damn girl. Yeah. But you know how like man when IPAs get really boozy they're it's hard to drink sometimes. Have you had the Dogfish Head? I think it's a hundred and twenty minute IPA. Yeah, it's awful. But it's like seventeen percent. Is it really that high? Yeah. There's, no. Well, there's a sixty and ninety and a one twenty. Maybe I've had the sixty then. Yeah, the the one twenty is like a, like seventeen percent. Fuck that. <laughs> the one I had, the Dogfish Head, I've ever had. It was like one of the worst IPAs ever. Yeah, I, that's a shit brewery. I, I too hate Dogfish Head brewing. Never had a good beer from them ever. I I am interested in that that one twenty, but you know yeah. what else? Um, eight point five percent. That's pretty. That's pretty high. Yeah. Does it taste know, like eight point five percent? Yeah, it's 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 definitely a little bit boozy, and um, I mean, I'm obviously gonna finish it. It's just in a sixteen ounce can, but yeah, it's I don't know. I well, let, let's 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 give our our thoughts on our beers, and then we'll do our three point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain bore. So what do you got for your, Jeff, your porter? Have you had Belching Beaver's Peanut Butter Stout? Uh, yeah, I've tried it. Okay, that's that's what this is. Like, it tastes exactly, exactly like it? Exactly the same. So That's weird. For reference, I really like that beer. I think that beer is delicious. I think this beer is delicious. I could only delicious. have one of this. <laughs> Delicious, I nutritious. Like I can only have one of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's too, it's too, uh, it's too sugary. It's too heavy. Um, that's like most most uh, stouts and porters. I feel like you can only have one or two of them. It's and it's, then you have to drink something good. It's uh, it's like the sugar though. It's the sugar that really gets me. But what I do like about this type of peanut butter because there there's kind of two different types of peanut butter beers. There's like Kind of like the Jif peanut butter, where it's a little sweet. It's really good. It tastes like your normal peanut butter. And then you get mm-hmm. those peanut butter beers that are really dry, a really dry peanut butter taste because there's not a lot of sugar, a lot of sweetness to it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those ones. Even though I love peanut butter, I don't like the dryness mm-hmm. of those beers. I can I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. Because Jif is so good. It is. I don't give a fuck how popular it is. I don't care how shitty it is. I don't care. It's good. Jif is the best. Is like crunchy or creamy? I like both. 
Depending on my mood. Okay. I like well, both. All right. All right. Both are good. Right now I'm on a creamy kick. I haven't had a I haven't had the chunky one in years, actually. It's been a long time. You should but buy no, those I, little I, I um, both. those single use like two ounce little cups. Oh, that's dangerous. Throw those in your car, dude. <laughs> Call it a day. Nah, it's too dangerous. I'll eat them all in like one sitting. <laughs> peanut butter's so good. That. I know, right? It, I've never been disappointed by peanut butter. Peanut butter is dangerous, though. You're right, because even with like a jar, because I buy, I buy like a big thing of Jif because the kids like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But then I buy a littler one of Jif with hum, mixed with honey. Ooh. And it's like, because I eat by the spoonfuls because nobody else likes the honey one, and so <laughs> I just get in there. And but it's I gotta really. Got to really watch myself because I'll eat that whole fucking thing. I swear <laughs> to God, I will. Did you ever eat like a big container of Jif when you were a kid? Like just in one sitting? Yeah. No. I got like three quarters of the way through oh once when I was a kid. And I was like in fourth grade <laughs> or fifth grade. I got so sick. I got so fucking sick from it. That I threw up. I just shit everywhere. <laughs> it was so bad, but it tasted so good. It tasted so fucking good. Yeah, Jesus. I got three quarters away. I just I had to tap out. It was just I was getting so sick from it. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Dude, if if a kid has to has to like you know what I'm done, then you know like he's done. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, never again. All right, so yeah, so what are you gonna rate your beer? Your peanut butter beer, uh, peanut butter porter. Mm, well, I was expecting a little bit more. I don't know why, but um, I was. And this is this is a two, just a two, a solid two. Yeah, this is a two. It's not bad at all. Like all the flavors are there. Everything that I want from a peanut butter chocolate beer is here. Oh, and the chocolate's super subtle. It's like it's That's only good. it's only on the tail end, kind of when you breathe out your nose, then you kind of like, oh, there's the chocolate. So kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yes, yes. Yeah, nice. Yep. Uh, okay, well, my uh, my dipper, I'm gonna have to give this a. Um, I'll give it a two. I'll give it a two. I'll go. I'd go back to it, but I'm not gonna seek it out. If I'm gonna go get a pizza board beer, I'm gonna go with a bunch of other other styles and um, and you know different flavors. Sure. So yeah, I I give it a solid two. It's it's not bad, but it's a little strong. Okay. A little strong than I'm I'm used stronger than I'm used to. Yeah, especially when you drink so many buddies, you know. Yeah, well, you're pretty weak, so anything stronger than that's going to be. <sighs> so yeah, um, I yeah. don't care. Also, our boy Raul nope. did not leave a review. Raul, why do yeah, I forget about I, him every week? I don't know why you do, because I bring him up every week. So I don't know why you do. Because he's sitting in the Guatemalan prison. That's why I forget about drinking him. drinking pizza board beers in <laughs> Guatemalan prison. <laughs> but he he he's the one who always reviews a lot of these uh, pizza ports. So I'm surprised he didn't or hasn't got to this one yet. But also, this is the first time I've seen this beer in the wild, or at all, I should say. Have you are, have you been like looking for this? Is this a hard to find beer? No, I know. I don't know why I said in the wild like that because I've never actively looked for it, and this is just the first time I've ever seen it. Never even heard of it. So, there you go. Kook Double IPA. There you go. So you want to jump into uh, our vinyl vinyl stuffs? I got. I, I listened to a lot of stuff this week just because. Renee's mom was over and she she took like a really she she took a liking to the to the record thing and it was kind of fun because she was able to like reminisce on a bunch of concerts she's been to and she has seen a lot of bands play 
Like in the seventies and eighties, mostly. Uh, mostly the because she's older. Like she's almost seventy. So what? No way. Yeah, she's like sixty-six. I think. What? Holy shit! So she she's seen Zeppelin. She's seen the Doors. She's she's seen Fuck. like all these bands play live. That's crazy to think about. So it was just in it their was, prime too. Yeah, it was just, it was just kind of cool because she was like, "Oh, do you have this?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, put it on." And then she like knew all the fucking words and knew everything. It was, it was fun. It, we had a good time. That's cool. That's really cool. So I listened to a lot of stuff, but uh, let me just let me just get some get some highlights in. So for one, I I I have a lot of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and I have a lot of Neil Young. Why though? I had never listened to either. But when I listened to, so I listened to all of my Neil Young, which is six albums. I listened to all my Crosby, Stills, Nash, and sometimes with Young, and I have four albums by them. And I, I think Neil Young is a fucking banger, dude. I think he is really fantastic. Okay, not, I mean, not all of it is is great, but he most definitely has great albums. Specifically after the Gold Rush, and everybody knows this is nowhere. That's like his second and third or second and fourth album. I think those are fucking bangers. 2.8 at least. Dang. Even better is I somehow, I don't know how, but I had doubles of both of those. So those are in your crate. So now you can enjoy those when you get them too. <laughs> how the fuck did you get doubles? I don't even know. I don't even know where I, but I paid for none of these. So <laughs> whatever. But then Crosby Stills Nash. So I have, I have essentially their first three and then I missed one. And then I have, a, I have their fifth album. But their third album with Neil Young, it's a, it's a live one. That is a fucking banger. Is it now? Okay. But everything else is whatever. I'm not a, not a fan. Not a fan of the Crosby, Stills, Nash without Young. Interesting. Interesting. Gotta have Young in there, baby. Mind you, I can't. I probably can't even name one Neil Young song, and definitely not a Crosby, Stills, Nash. Oh, song. dude, when you listen to to your to your Neil Young albums, you'll be like, oh, I know this song. There's probably a solid four songs you know. Okay. Okay. I was I was I surprised so. by Crosby, Stills, Nash. How many songs I knew? You'll know. You'll know. You know. When you know, I you hope know. They're good songs. They are. They are good songs. Okay. Going into the the country realm, um, Merle Haggard. I listened to another one, Pride in What I Am. Um, I just think he's cool. Very interesting life. Briefly, he was incarcerated at San Quentin after trying to escape other jails that he was incarcerated in. So they sent him <laughs> over there. <laughs> Just his jail time alone is, is so interesting. Like he ran this like racket of like gambling and it's just fucking cool. Oh my God. And he was there to see Johnny Cash play. Cause don't forget Johnny Cash played San Quentin before he played Folsom where it's that, that most famous album by him was released. Yeah. He played San Quentin as like a one-off show. Merle Haggard was there to watch Johnny Cash do it. And so that kind of inspired him to, to, to go the right path, I guess, and become like a musician. And that's cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Murr Haggard is fucking rad. He is so cool. Love his voice. Love his music. Awesome stuff. Listen to Kenny Rogers, the gambler. I thought you had already listened to this. I, I haven't yet. I hadn't yet. You have it too. Cause I, that's yeah, another I one for some reason I had doubles of good album, dude. Good. Album. Is it really? Yeah. Through and through, not just the song, the title song, but good album. It's, it's, Dude, it's fucking a banger. It's a banger of an album. Okay, I mean, I I have it in my pile right here. Maybe I'll listen to it sometime this week. Or I probably will listen to it yes. sometime this week. What else do I got to do? You know, I also have one album by Willie Nelson, and it's a live. It's called Willie and Family Live, and it didn't get really good. Really good. Good. Re, didn't really get good <laughs> reviews. <laughs> it didn't get really good reviews. It kind of was shit on. 
But, um, dude, it's a banger. Way better than I thought it could, like, it could ever be. And I don't think Willie Nelson is, like, that great of a musician. I think he's okay, and some of his songs are fine. But, dude, there's just, like, this whole album was just very stop and go. Very folky, very country, very very jammy, too. Like, a lot of jamming, a lot of fun banter between Willie and everybody. There's, like, ten people in this fucking band, too. The crowd was super responsive, super respectful. Banger. Banger. Okay. I feel like Willie Nelson is one of those those musicians who's more well-known because of his image than his music. Yes. Because I can't name you one song from him. You, I mean, uh, I might have heard songs. I might have heard songs. Mamas, don't, don't let know. your babies grow up to be cowboys? I don't know. Maybe if I heard it. I really don't know. Why? Yeah, so... <laughs> I also listen to Diana Ross. I have, I have an anthology of Diana Ross and the Supremes. It's like a three-disc set. I've been putting it off just because sitting through that much at one time. Usually I listen to a record, and then I go do like a, something else, like a chore or dishes or do something, then come back. But sitting through three records is always always a little bit tough Yeah, for me at least. And this is great, man. Like, like I, I knew more than I thought I would from the Supremes. Like there are so was many, it, there's so many songs on here. Was it so? Is it all live, or is it just no? It's all it's actual... all it's all their studio work. It's just like an anthology of of the Supremes' greatest years, and I mean, I mean, obviously with Diana Ross, but yeah, but damn, dude, like, I, Diana Ross is the Supremes. No, I know she's amazing. Like she is the Supremes, and then everybody else getting all mad. Like that girl Florence Ballard. Got all mad and like left briefly and like, dude, dude, Diana Ross, they we know you, you'll be nowhere without Diana Ross. It's like it's like Beyonce or it's like Destiny's Child without Beyonce. Yeah, like what are you doing? Get out of here. We want a more updated reference. That was solid. That was quick. Hey man, that's what I do. That's what I do. I was listening to Parliament. I got Parliament for super cheap. So ah, that's what I want. So I picked up. Uh, I picked up par- par- Parliament. 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 This is so. I, so I picked up their <laughs> second album. It's called "Up for the Downstroke," and this is. I, I read a little bit about about George Clinton and everything he's done, and um, this came out in 1974. And I just, I think okay. So I think George, he initially had a doo wop group that he called the Parliaments, and he wanted to have a backing band to support them, and he called that band Funkadelic. Mm, okay. And then later on, he just formed the two bands into one. But the par- okay. Parliament had their own stuff. Funkadelic had their own stuff. And even George Clinton had his own stuff. But, um, I don't know, a lot of music for such a short period of time, too. And condensed. But Parliament is very much more straight, like, funk soul. Whereas Funkadelic seems to be more, like, like psychedelic rock funk. What do you prefer? Um, it's It's hard because I... So, like, Bootsy Collins... Plays uh, plays bass on this record, and this mm-hmm. was after like a brief um, hiatus, a brief downtime. He he didn't play with George Clinton for a couple of years. Came back, played on this. I think Bootsy Collins is so fucking good. He just yeah, he just like like not just like his bass playing, but his style, his personality, what he brings to the table, kind of like his backing vocals, things that he yells. He's just a fun, fun dude. And his music shows, and he just brings like this energy to everything that he plays. But yeah, I think I kind of like Funkadelic more just because it's a little more rock based. Okay. And so I, I mean, I've, I didn't grow up listening to like funk music, soul music. So I've, I've always just grown up listening to the rock stuff. 
so I can appreciate it now. But I think like like choose one album on an island, I'd probably do like a Funkadelic album over a Parliament album. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. Chabra. Yeah, I never grew up. I never grew up listening to funk either. I barely even knew what funk music was growing up. But P funk okay. baby. Okay, okay. What else you got? I picked up a used copy of uh, Eric B and Rakeem Follow the Leader from Zia Records. It How was, much was that? It was like nine bucks. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, the jacket is beat up. It is. It is unless you know what it looks like. That the, the iconic. Both of them are sitting there with their backs to the camera. Unless you mm-hmm. know what it looks like, you will never you'll never read anything because it's it's beat up. But the disc was fine. It played fine. Cut a little bit of surface noise in the first half, but it, it cleaned up. But yeah, they're the hip hop duo from New York in the late eighties. Everybody probably knows them from their from, from Rage covering one of their songs, Microphone Fiend. Yeah. That's and how everyone knows it. Most people probably know it from that. <laughs> or just you and I. No. Yeah. No. No, it's because they, they never really got like massively big. They it was it was more just like a couple of hits here and there. And then later on in life is when everyone said, oh, I, w- I wish we were back in the golden age of hip hop in the late 80s. And it's like, well, you didn't fucking like him then. And you still kind of don't like him now. You're just saying that. But whatever. What I like about these guys, though, in this album is there is such a heavy jazz influence on this entire album, not just like in the music, but Rakeem's delivery like he's been compared to other jazz musicians like Thelonious Monk and just like the way his his free rhyme style. It's just a t- complete disregard for musical bars. Just does whatever the fuck he wants. It's a it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Pick it up if you ever see it used for nine dollars. Dude, I honestly if I ever see hip hop that's less than fifteen dollars, I always I always look to see what it is and you know. Usually it's never anything I've heard of or it's anything good. I think like a good rule of thumb, I, I mean, it's different out there, but for me, if I see any hip hop that is less than $8, which I see it a lot, then I pick it up no matter what, but only if it's a, an album, not like a single, not like a 12 inch. Oh yeah. No, no. I don't like that shit. Yeah. That's, that's a waste. That's how Definitely. I got that, that, that Emil, uh, all money is legal album, which I think was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Seven bucks. Oh yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. Huh? Give a fuck. I, I remember. Listen to a lot of Frank Sinatra. I actually started the week on Frank Sinatra after the pod last time. I threw on a I threw on all three of my albums by Frank Sinatra. Listen to all of those. All, so good. All good stuff. All good stuff. I think I have a lot of his later stuff though. My, what was the what's the big difference? Um, so like I guess the most popular of his later stuff that I have was was an album called September of My Years, nineteen sixty five. This was kind of like a retrospective album dealing with Sinatra's kind of his own coming of age in his 50s. And he talks about it's kind of a concept album, too. Like He talks about where he's been when he was like in his youth and like where he sang. And then he talks about where he's at now and how he feels and how he's, you know, he's, he's more tired than he was in his youth. And then he talks mm-hmm. about kind of where he's going to go, like where he sees himself going later on in his career. And the song's almost five minutes long, which is super rare for music at that time yeah and it's dude it's good it's just it's it's cool to see frank like i mean i don't know i know like one percent of frank sinatra's legacy but it's 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 just cool to kind of i don't know 
he, he's like humanized, you know? He's not like this, this untouchable icon. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Because that's how uh, I've, I've always viewed him, too. It's like he's larger than life. Yeah, he's there's Sinatra. Nobody, like, there's what? nobody Come bigger on. than Sinatra. There's nobody more iconic vocally, look-wise, than Frank Sinatra. I read this cool, this cool story, too. Um, obviously, it was on the internet, so it was real. That he, <laughs> when he died, people were like, like burying, or people were thrown in his coffin, sentimental items. And, and then somebody made sure that he had a roll of dimes in his pocket. Meaning and what? That was just a story. And I was like, what the fuck? That's so bizarre. So I looked into it a little bit more. And apparently, like, his son was kidnapped. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. And then, and then he was on, the, on a payphone with the kidnappers. And the phone was like, please deposit more money. And he had no more money. Like, he had no more dimes to throw in the payphone. And so mm-hmm. all the FBI agents, everybody's, like, scrambling to get change just so they can give it to him to put in the machine. And ever since then, he carried a roll of dimes in his pocket just in case. <laughs> As, it, like, a superstition. Wow. But like that's crazy. Everywhere he went, every show he did, supposedly he had a roll of dimes in his pocket. Crazy. That's fucking nuts. Dope. Well, just the fact that his son was even kidnapped is even crazier, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it really kind of like shows like his mob connection and like like no other celebrity I, that I know of has had like a family member or a child kidnapped or something, you know? Like it's just it never happens. I would I would love to do like a Sinatra th- episode. But that would be like a month of research. Yeah. <laughs> it's it a was, lot of work. It would take so long. Uh, it could be really interesting, though. But but staying really staying in that like jazzy, traditional pop thing. I listened to, I have a Peggy Lee album. I don't know why it's taking me so long to listen to it, but it's called Is, is That All There Is, 1969. And it was really good. And I, I, I was, I, as I listened to it, I thought like the music, like, damn, this is really, this is solid stuff. Her band, whoever's playing with her, must be really popular. And I looked it up, and it was arranged by Randy Newman. Oh, right. So that's—I that's, don't know. That's, if you can imagine, like Randy Newman getting into like the jazzy area, very catchy stuff. Very catchy stuff. Hmm, okay. Very well, he, good. Though. I mean, he does write catchy music, but in the jazz realm, it seems odd. But who's Peggy Lee? I've never. Peggy Lee. She's a. Uh, she's she sings the song Fever. Um, old like jazzy like fifties songs. She also did the songs for Lady and the Tramp. Cause Lady's a tramp. She... <laughs> 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 that's not that's not the song that she did though. <laughs> How do you know this what song that is? Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> well, you know what song that was, right? You heard yeah, it. Heard yeah, it. yeah. She knows. She knows. Wow. Oh shit! All right, what else you got? Uh, okay, so I, buy, I got I have a bunch of reggae too. I bought Bob Marley "Natty Dread" for pretty damn cheap. It was nice, like ten nice. bucks. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll pick it Dude, up." How the fuck? And uh, like, <laughs> like every Bob Marley I've come across is at least like twenty eight, thirty dollars. Damn, thirty I bucks for Bob Marley's—that's that's too much. I know. I agree. That's insane. I did see uh, a Peter Tosh record. The one I really like, I saw it yesterday for twenty one, but I decided not to get it for whatever reason. Kind of dumb. How much? How much Kinda was it? Twenty one dollars. What? What album was it? It's probably legalized it. it. Yeah. 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 It's a great record. It's twenty bucks though. I know. I don't know why I didn't. Why I didn't get it? I mean, I definitely would not have picked that up for twenty bucks. <sighs> okay. Whatever, Jeff. You you probably wouldn't pay more than like eight dollars for it, huh? 
probably I thumb my nose at it for eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We're spoiled out here. I'm telling you, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. So yeah, I picked up Natty Dread. That has "No Woman, No Cry" banger of a song. Good album. Mm-hmm. Good album. This was his first album without Peter Tosh too, or Bunny Whaler. So it was, um, it was just, it was him on his own, kind of. Yeah, it was a banger. Yeah. Also, I uh, listened to Jimmy Cliff. Give the people what they want. That's a old prolific Jamaican ska and reggae artist. First album, nineteen sixty-seven. Last album was two thousand twelve, and it was Damn. produced by Tim Armstrong. What? No <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Well, how does that sound? What does that sound I, like? I haven't listened to it. I didn't even know like it existed until I I was saying like Jimmy Cliff has been doing music for so fucking long. I wonder when like his last album was, and it was two thousand twelve, and I, was, I saw that it was produced by Tim Armstrong. But so weird. But I think it's cool. Like, dude, Tim Armstrong's, I don't know, working with a legend of his, you know? That's 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 rad. Probably a cool yeah, feeling for Tim. Like, especially since, like, you know, Tim Armstrong is so rooted in reggae and ska and, and all of that, you know? It's kind of cool that he got to work with him on a record. It's pretty rad. Good stuff. So I picked up this other thing, too. It's called the Hilton Airs. Mm-hmm. So, like, two words, Hilton, like the Hilton Hotel, and then Airs, A-I-R-E-S, Hilton Airs album called Big Bamboo. This is a Mento band from the 60s. And I, the fuck is Mento? Mento's like, um, Mento actually predates like ska and reggae. It's, it's just like oh. Jamaican folk music. Very, very similar to Calypso in style. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got off the top of my head. But, <laughs> but I, I couldn't find a lot of bands or a lot of info on this band. But what I did find was I think, I guess they were the house band for the Hilton Hotel that was in Kingston. So that's, hence the name? Yeah, the Hiltoners. That's weird. But yeah, they're in the 60s. I guess they were so fucking popular and so good that they eventually toured like the world and released a bunch of albums. (laughs) It's good. It's so rad. That's really cool. Damn, I want to hear that shit. How did you how did you even find out about that? This was five bucks too. <laughs> There's a hate, at this place called Double it. Nickels, they have they have like consignment and this this one person always has just like boxes of of world music, like reggae and stuff, and so I just flip through it and anything I just think looks really really goofy, I will buy. If it looks looks like dude, this looks like fucking a bunch of guys look like idiots, I'll buy it. <laughs> or if it's just cheap I'll buy it I don't care yeah that's kind of what I, I bought a record yesterday and it was kind of based on that too it was it was four dollars and the cover was, was just like seven dudes and they looked really fucking stupid so I just <laughs> bought it are, those are the best ones though and then I looked it up and it said they're like some jazz rock group from 72 oh, I'm like okay perfect. This, this could be really cool but I haven't listened to it yet that's it. Seems isn't that weird? Like I don't understand like why people just will die for like Dark Side of the Moon or or or, or Zeppelin's Four, but all these other great bands with great albums, they're like three dollars. I mean, I'm I'm not complaining because it irritates me. It's sad though. It is. It's a little bit sad, but also you know, Dark Side and Zeppelin Four are amazing records. Sure. So don't diss them for that. But are they are they two thousand percent better than you know whatever you bought for four dollars? I don't know. Two thousand percent better, but still, generally speaking, better. Yeah. Mm. No, that's true. It's true. I also got um I I, I listened to a Grateful Dead comp 
what a strange, what a long, strange trip trip it's been. Ooh. Double disc. I got this one for free. Uh, this was this was released after Warner Brothers had released them, or after they left Warner Brothers and did their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so Warner Brothers released a comp like two albums after they already left. And I remember I I, I was I, I wrote that down because it really pissed me off. And that's so fucked up. That shit's so annoying. Like a greatest hits comp. Yeah. Nitro did that with AFI. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's so really it's annoying. it's just so disrespectful, you know? It's like I get it, like you have the rights to it, you they're under contract, whatever, I get it. But it's just so disrespectful. It's like do you do you want people to hate you? Because that's how you do it. That's how you get people <laughs> to hate you. It's like that. You know what do you know what I I've always thought was more was what was so annoying about the AFI one that Nitro did was that they released it after Sing the Sorrow blew up. Like uh. knowing that you know, people were more likely to look for AFI. They, that's when they put out that greatest hit. That's so disgustingly <laughs> greedy. I know. Come on, Dex. What are you doing? I mean, honestly, it's a good comp, but still, it's it's very kind of stupid and shady. I don't like it. That sucks. Yeah. That's the music world, though. It's that's, music business. That's, that's so biz, baby. Uh, I, I bought three more Grand Funks. What's Funk? Born to Die and Good Singing. Good Playing. <laughs> Do you do you actually like them that much? I do, I do, I do like Grand Funk. One of them, one of these three was was kind of was probably their worst I've heard thus far. Was Born to Die, but mm-hmm. What's Funk is their last one they they ever did, and that one doesn't even have uh, I think Mel Shocker on bass. He's not even in the band at that point. It's like what's the point? But good singing, good playing. That was produced by Frank Zappa. Interesting. That's yeah. Weird. And he plays guitar in one of the tracks, and it's it's solid. I mean, it's it's Grand Funk. And it sounds yeah. like Grand Funk, but I just, I like that sound. I, I, just a bunch of guys that aren't great. You know, they're good, making good music. <laughs> so you buy like 12 of their records. <laughs> Dude, and they're like $3 each. Yeah, they're really cheap. I saw, I saw, um, what was the one where they're, they're all like cavemen, naked? Oh, Survival. Yeah, I saw that for $6 today, but I didn't pick it up. I, I would, mm, see, I bought mine for I, two. And if it had the inserts, the uh, like the Polaroid shots of individuals, uh, of them individually in those nasty attire, I would pick it up. <laughs> but for six bucks, but not not if they didn't have those, dude. That's that's such an ugly cover. It's it's one of the worst covers I've ever seen. It's <laughs> awful. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it, is. it is. But you know they probably thought they looked pretty fucking cool at the time. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because. I don't. How can anybody think that looks cool? How can anybody think that looks good? Well, obviously somebody thought it was cool enough to not only take the picture or dress them, take the picture, and then everybody agrees that it should be the album art. I mean, come on the the band were the band were there every step of the step of the way. They agreed to put the costumes on. They agreed to take the pictures, and then they agreed upon the picture being the album cover. So they obviously thought it was cool. I mean that's that's my least favorite Grand Funk album of all all of them so I don't fuck yeah them. who cares out of the seven we talked about that was one of my least favorites as well and Phoenix uh, nah, dude shut the fuck up Phoenix is a fucking great record mm. I'm still looking for E Pluribus that's really the only other one I want is E Pluribus you need to get there first and then you need to get their actually you need to get all of them no <laughs> I don't want to get all of them. They're cheap. Just get them. I only want the three. I only want the three. Mm. That's all I want. Mm. That's all I want. 
So some soft rock stuff here in my soft rock category. Listen to Billy Joel, Piano Man. Why would you do that? Because the song Piano Man is a fucking banger, first of all. But the album was okay. <laughs> oh, you know what I was thinking? What? I was thinking Huey Lewis. Oh, no, I don't think because that. Yeah, because we talked about it last week and you're yeah. like, what was the name of the album? Sports or yeah, something? Sports. <laughs> oh, terrible. So lame. It's so lame. It's so bad. It's so shitty. <laughs> God, it's so... It, it's, it's it's so guy, right? It's so... So guys, guys like sports. So let's call it <laughs> but sports. It's, like, what the but fuck? it's like the the worst kind of guy. Yeah, I guess. Fucking you know? guy. <laughs> it's the fucking the good, guy. That's who it the is. The fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I was the pill, Billy Joel. <laughs> I listen to Billy Joel, Piano Man. Good, great, uh, fantastic song. Piano Man's a perfect song. That's good. It's good. The album was okay. I'm not a big Joelman, but okay. But you, you got like the piano, man. That's good, but <sighs> it doesn't make me want to go listen to the entire record of Billy Joel. It like, made me, and then I didn't want to again. But yeah. uh, I thought uh-huh. I had, I thought I had four Elton John albums. I thought I had Yellow Brick Road. I thought I had like two other ones. So when I opened these, these because I got most of these Deems? for free, when I opened them up, it was supposed to be doubles. There's only fucking one album in there, so I don't have up. all these Elton John albums. But I do have one Elton John. It was self-titled. It was his second album that uh, that started off with your song, the song your song. I'm not familiar with that song. Oh, it's a little bit funny. You can I don't know. Maybe if I heard it, this is your song. That's maybe funny. I don't know. My mom, um, you know. My mom listened to them a lot, or to him a lot, but I don't remember that much from him. And then she gave me like three of his records, and I still haven't listened to them. Uh, which ones do you have? I have Mr. Fantastic, and that's the only one I could think of right okay. now. Okay. Hold on. Let, let me let me look on, on my Discogs. Let me okay. see here. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a second. I mean, I can, I can just talk while you do this. No, I'm doing it right now. Okay, Hold on. you can just... I'm bringing it up right now. Okay. I got I got Rock of the Wessel of the Westies. Westies. Rock of the Westies, okay. and I have Captain Fantastic, and then I have a Greatest Hits comp. Ah, is it the one that, that like his first comp, where it's like he's in that suit and he's facing the camera and he's leaning forward? While yeah, sitting? the white suit. Yeah, the white suit. Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, Rock of the Westies. What a fucking horrible, horrible title. Rock of the Westies, baby. <laughs> Man, I don't recognize any of these songs either. What 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 do we got? Let me. I think it's all now. Yeah, so we got we got the song medley. We have Dan Dare. Island oh, I have Girl. the same one too. Oh, you do have this one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ugly ass face. Yeah, he's so ugly in it. But yeah, no, so, so I have those two. Yeah. But anyway, continue, continue. Yeah, I am Elton John. I think Elton John's great. I, I think his early stuff is, is just fantastic. I think he's a phenomenal soft rock artist. <laughs> uh, I listen do, you to like, do you like his music from The Lion King? Yes. It's pretty good. Is that like a pretty good? Is that real cool? Who doesn't like the fucking Lion King soundtrack? I'm just, I'm asking. I'm just asking. What's better, that or Phil Collins' soundtrack to Tarzan? Oh damn! Think? I think I think Elton John for sure. But I, I thought I thought it was going to be a resounding Elton John, but apparently not. I, I no because the the he'll be my heart. That's his song, right? <laughs> Isn't that's that? Are you, is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> The, the what for Phil Collins? Yeah, I don't remember that song. 
my heart. I think maybe it might be. I don't remember. Because if that's if that's one from Tarzan, that packs a punch, and that one gets me. That one gets me good. <laughs> but overall, like for sure, Lion King is better. But damn, that's song. <sighs> Woof. I'm, I'm already so I'm already losing it. my train of thought. <laughs> I, I was listening to the Eagles' greatest hits. You know, like, okay. I saw in a, in a pile one time that we picked up. So I I got it because I like the greatest hits from the Eagles because they have good songs. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, even though you used to talk shit on them all the time, but that's okay. They are. Me. They're dude. They're such a dumb fucking band. They are. I don't even care. They're such a dumb. But they band. have really good songs. But half of those songs, I mean, they're songs. It doesn't matter. They're still good songs. Jackson it's Brown, like, baby. They took a bunch of songs from Jackson Brown, rewrote them. They the the covers. All right, Boomhouse. Boomhauer, sorry. Boomhouse. Is it Boomhauer? No, it's definitely Boomhauer. I've watched, I love King Yeah, Bear. I was going to say. <laughs> um, I was listening yeah, to The Birds. Yeah. The Birds. The Birds. Mm-hmm. I have the Birds, Bird, Birds. <laughs> I listen to The Birds. <laughs> this is going nowhere. This episode's fucking, fucking off the rails. <laughs> So I have the Birds' first album and their last <laughs> album. Their first album, Mr. Tambourine Man, named after the Bob Dylan uh, song. And the last album is just <laughs> self-titled The Birds, whatever. They're okay, man. They're okay. They're fine. At best. I, I, I mean, like I know it. the Birds, but I don't know if I can sing along to any of their Good. songs. Let's not even talk Maybe. about it ever again because they're boring. But, but is their Mr. Tambourine Man better than Bob Dylan's? No. Okay, that, well, that's probably wrong, but... <laughs> Although Bob Dylan did say he likes their version a lot too, well, it's probably for good reason. <laughs> my version sucks. <laughs> uh, but one of the one of my most proud pickups this week from the soft rock category in my collection was I got "Surfing Safari" by the Beach Boys, their first album. Okay, okay. I don't know if I have that one. I might have that one. But have you already? You've already gave it a spin. Yeah. Is it perfect? Yeah. Fucking good, dude. The harms, God, man. The Beach Boys is better harms than any rock band in history. Straight up, straight up. Regardless of sound, regardless of like instrumentation, just talking about harms, the best, the best. I mean, it is hard to argue with it, but I mean, the Beatles had really good harms too. They did, they did, but. But we're talking like I mean, Beach Boys had like this kind of doo-wop vibe to them, whereas yeah, the Beatles were kind of strictly like in the rock realm. Yeah, but they did they they dabbled in in everything though. That's the thing with the Beatles, like they dabbled in country, just R and B, psychedelic rock, fucking a bunch of shit, and still kept all the harms there, you know. But like the Beach Boys were like one thing, and that's it. That's all they did was yeah, one fucking they were harms. Thing. But it was just like the same harms. Like it wasn't. Hey, <laughs> I like. Uh, you got a recipe for success. You milk it, baby. I, I almost well, I don't, I, okay. So like, I almost didn't buy this just because I have, I have two Beach Boy comps already, and mm-hmm. I mean these songs are like two and a half minutes at most. And so the comps that I have, I have, I pretty much almost have all of these songs already. But it was like six bucks for this thing, and it was in good condition. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna buy it. Because these yeah. boys are great. Why not? Yeah, I, I just looked. I have. I don't have Surf and Safari. I have a. I have a best of from sixty one to sixty three, and then I have Endless Summer, and then I have Beach Boys in Concert. Yeah, Endless Summer is pretty much like 
if you don't love the Beach Boys, but you like them a lot, Endless Summer is pretty much all you need. Okay, yeah, because I mean, all these the three Beach Boys I have, my mom gave to me, so I and I just haven't got around to listening to them. I feel bad because she gave me a bunch of records. Those are the first ones you should listen to. I know. I don't know why. I mean, I got them a couple months ago, but I know I do feel bad because she did give me a bunch of them. Fucking mean. He's such a mean guy. I am so mean. All, All right. right. Anyway, what yeah, moving got? forward, uh, my prog section. I got ELP. I bought Works Part Two. Oh, there's a part two. There huh? is a part two. Yeah. Ah, shit. I, Look at that. I, I thought, like, how could this? Like, how could they get better from part one? Like, how could it be different than part one? Because I thought it was a comp when I first kind of came across it. I bought part two for like two bucks. It's, dude, these are dirt cheap albums. I don't know why, but <laughs> part two is just kind of unused songs from their first that they didn't use. But, but there were only like. No, no, I don't know. I haven't listened to the first one yet. But never mind. Go. But Continue. it was just like, goddamn, like what the fuck? Even though these are unused songs, they did it again. They blew my fucking mind with part two. <laughs> they did. I don't even. Dude, they did. Part one blew my mind. From okay, so just uh, I'll rank them real quick because I can. One, three, okay. four, two is is the order I think that are the best from part one. The works part one. One, three, four, two. One, three, four, two. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but, hold on, let me look at it. I'm seeing who's doing what. Okay, so one is Keith Emerson's yes. parts. And then part three, three should be the drummer. Is Carl Palmer. Yeah. And then what did you say? Four is all of them. Is all of them. And then two is Greg. Yeah. Greg Lake. Okay. Nice, yeah. nice, the nice. Great Greg Lake. <laughs> Not really, though. But yeah, that was that was fun. I had a good listen with that. That was a banger. Just pick it up. It was good. Well, I got the first one. You'll pick up Spoilers. the second one. Spoilers. You'll, you'll pick up the second one. Honestly, I'll probably pick up any ELP I see that's under $5. I don't. So the only one that I really, I've been like searching for is Tarkis. That's their second album. And mm. it has like this disgusting armadillo tank thing on the front. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It's terrible <laughs> cover art, but it's supposed to be really <laughs> fucking good. But I haven't even seen it anywhere. Like in all the record stores I go to, I see every album that they have except for this one. Yeah, I haven't seen it here either. I mean, like I said, I've picked up everything I've seen. But yeah, I haven't seen that one. I also got Kansas Over the Edge. That's the album with the dust in the wind. Okay, that's the one. Is that the one I have? No, um, I have. You have Left no, Overture. No. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I have, yeah. with uh, Carry On Wayward Son. Yes, yes, yes. yes. There we go. Yeah, so that's a banger. I also got Mahi Vishnu Orchestra, Birds of Fire. Yeah, I have uh, that one too. It's funny because after I bought it, someone was like, oh, you like that band? And then he came in and showed me his. I don't know why, dude. Like, I didn't. When Sloan played it for me, I didn't like it. But I think really? I was just bitter. <laughs> it had to have just been bitter. There's, you you, you were bitter I mean? that you were bitter that he had a good album that you didn't have. Because Is that he, what it was? Because we'll sit here and we'll listen to fucking records and like I'll put on I don't even know. I'll put on Kid A and then I'll put on or or, or fuck it. Backstep. I'll even tailor like the night. I'll say like what do you want to listen to tonight? You want to listen to jazz, whatever. Yeah. Like we'll have a jazz night, and so we'll put on. I'll put on like a bunch of good jazz, and then he'll bring in like Barry Manilow, <laughs> and then just fucking kill the mood. I'm like, Sloan, are you fucking serious? Because we kind of go like back and forth. You get an album, I get an album, I'll get two, you get two, whatever. And he'll bring in like Barry Manilow, or he'll bring in like Rod Stewart, just like <laughs> bad music, like objectively bad music. <laughs> it just kills the mood. So he he must have brought that. Birds of uh, Birds of Fire one in at a time where I was already pissed off and I didn't want him. Oh, to do so it's them. the same one that you already have. Yeah, he has the same exact. Oh, one. okay, okay. 
That's funny. Yeah, you have another one here that I got for you too. Like the first album, yeah. which is to me, it's better than Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, Birds is of good. Prey no, it's Birds of Prey is amazing, but the inner, what, I think it's the Inner Flame or something like that. Dude, that album is just phenomenal. It's this, amazing. This band's just like it's. They just don't make sense. No, they don't. They're like, they don't understand like what you're trying oh, to do. Dude. Like like what do you what are you trying to do? Like why why is this good? It shouldn't be good. It's so good. They're, they're, they're so fucking good. Their, their music and their kind of like concept should just be a train wreck. <laughs> I did see one today. It was $12, but I didn't pick it up. One, because it was $12. And two, because I guess they, they did a, they did an album with the London Symphony Orchestra. And for whatever reason, that kind of like turned me off. I don't know. Just It seems weird for this band. I'm sure they do it really well. But it's like not what I want from this band. See, that's what, I don't know. That, I've 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 also come to find that sometimes what I think I want from a band, and then what they give me is is even better. Like works part one, the first side. What I think <laughs> I want from ELP, and then what they gave me on part one, it, it blew my mind. <laughs> it did. Blown. Maybe I mean, maybe next time I go into White Rabbit, I'll I'll pick up that Mahavishnu, that one I don't have. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I also picked up um, I Am the Avalanche, Avalanche United. It was like oh, 16 so bucks on Amazon, so fuck it. And I also was pissed off because I pre-ordered their new album, and I still, dude, I swear, I swear to the Mahi Vichy Orchestra that I had <laughs> their Avalanche United colored vinyl in my cart, but because I was also like looking around at other vinyl to buy, yeah, it was sold out. Like I, dude, I swear it sold out as it was in my cart. That honestly, it pro- that probably that's probably what happened. But I thought when it's in your cart, like when you go to Target and you put something in your cart, like I know I, I haven't paid for it yet, but like motherfucker, this is mine right now. Is yeah, but you're also com- online. You're also comparing like a little band's website to <laughs> Target's website. <laughs> no, Very like when I'm thing. actually in Target, like I'm shopping in Target, like physically, oh, okay, yeah, and I put something in my cart. Like, realistically, that's not mine. If somebody takes it out of my car, I don't have a lot of right to say, hey, put that back because I haven't paid for it yet. True. But it's kind of mine already. Is that yeah. not how it works online with your cart? You would think that's how it would work. But, you know, what the fuck do we know? Yeah, that's true. What the fuck do I know? I lost out. Whatever. So I got their album. It's that's a banger. That does really it's fucking good. But honestly, see if, um, see if like some of the, your local record stores have it when it comes out. Because I feel like that happens a lot too. Like, I've noticed. Like, I I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to get the Run the Jewels record because I got it so late and it was sold out on the website. So I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna get it. Like in the pink in the pink variant. But every record store I've been to around here has it in the pink variant. So like, do, do you think they buy a bunch of them just so they can have it in stock? I think so. Yeah. Fucking buys, dude. Yeah. And same with the Deftones record. That I mean, I see that shit everywhere too. Yeah, I, I still see it too. Yeah, I mean you should pick it up, but <laughs> that's funny. That was a good. That was a good <laughs> joke. I also got. got uh, I also got Green Day's Nimrod. It's on so this good. cool translucent yellow vinyl. It's like twenty three dollars too. That's not bad yeah, for not a variant. Bad at all. Not bad at all. Oh. So I picked that up. Sounds great. Their best album. So. No, well, no, it's not. And then before I get into you my really final, think Nimrod's their best. Yeah, Nimrod's my favorite album. Shit, let's get the fuck out of here, man. You're it, fucking nuts. It kind of goes back and forth between Nimrod and Insomniac, but, uh, I mean, 
Yeah. It's how it. many how many stupid pills did you take tonight? Um. Well, I was thinking about taking like a whole bunch, bottle. But then I took none because that's actually not stupid. It's the opposite of stupid. I took opposite stupid pills. Like the only like when when it comes to to Green Day's album rankings, Dookie and Insomniac fight for the number one spot always, and then the the third and fourth spot are always a fight between Warning and oh, Nimrod. Warning. Warning's a fucking killer album. Yeah, Warning's top five. At five. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> so before I get into my pick of the week, um, I have now four or five Hendrix albums. Okay. And I've only bought one. That was from Nordstrom's. That was Are You Experienced? So mm. I, have, I, I got Band of Gypsies the other day. And that was fine. That was good. But then mm-hmm. I picked up Isle of Wight like a while ago. Not a while ago, but like actually like two or three weeks ago. But I forgot to talk about it then. I want to talk about it now. And that was a live one. This was the last festival that he that he played before he died. So like three weeks after this performance, he died. And Fuck, that's nuts. This was kind of like his last actual performance because everything he did after this was kind of like half-assed or like he canceled a bunch of shows. There's one show he left early. And then, like, his last actual performance, the last time he performed in front of people was with Eric Burden, who went on to form the band War. And Mm -hmm. he played, like, backup guitar. So it wasn't even, like, nothing. So this was, like, the last Jimi Hendrix performance. And, dude, like, this, the Isle of Wight album really changed my mind on Hendrix completely. I still don't think he's, like, a top five fucking guitarist of all time. But <laughs> damn, like this guy rocked. He was so fucking good. This was well, better than duh. anything that I have of him. What well, I wouldn't say duh, because you listen to Are You Experienced and that dude, that's lame. It's still an amazing record. I, I would definitely not say it's amazing. It's it's okay at best. Okay. Jimi Hendrix really shines when he's allowed to shine, when he's allowed to to, to go off on tangents. What makes Jimi Jimi Hendrix so so recognizable and popular and historic is, is like the way he embraced unconventional tones, both from like his guitar and his amplifiers. Like he paved yeah. the way for countless, there would be no Omar without Jimi Hendrix. There Probably. Would, yeah. There would not, there for sure would not be because he embraced the feedback. He loved that shit. He embraced mm-hmm. the fuzz. He embraced the Wawa, all these different tones that he had. There would be no musicians that even kind of use those without Jimi Hendrix. So I get it. I get why he's so important to music history, but he's still not like top five for me. But damn, I mean, Isle of Wight, if you see he's out in the wild, pick it up because it's a banger. I will, for sure. Keep my eyes out for it. I never really see a lot of Hendrix in the wild unless it's a really overpriced record of his or it's some like bootleg or comp or something. Like I'd never see anything that good well he only he only has three albums when he was alive and then he has the band of gypsies and there's like posthumous discography he's fucking a million long for whatever that's worth because yeah he had a bunch of music he's working on things like that and a lot of live performances they put on stuff but the Isle of white again like that was something that when he was alive and it was i don't know man it just it was kind of sad in a way I don't know. Much like we'll talk about in our actual episode of Kid A, a lot of different feelings I, I kind of got with Isle of Wight. 
just a okay. lot of a lot of sadness, a lot of very very good blues, and like a little bit of rock in the feeling of it, not the delivery, the feeling. Good yeah. shit, man. Really, really changed my mind. Still not top okay. five though. <laughs> Maybe top ten. All right, all right. Yeah, so that leads me to album of the week, baby. JJ Fat, Supersonic. <laughs> like the most outlier of everything that you've uh, or that we've talked about. So That's I've, I've talked about this group before on the pod, and and I think we did it. Or I talked about it in some capacity when we we talked about Easy and how much you hate Easy <laughs> and Ruthless Records. But the, these girls were signed to Ruthless in the eighties, and that just kind of shows you also how like how, how forward thinking Easy was. You know yeah. how difficult it was for women to be in hip hop and, and to and to be like the center point of a record label. So that's, that's just really cool. But I I was walking around this antique shop, like a fucking antique shop, first of all, like an (laughs) indoor antique shop. And I'm looking at like, Oh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find an old school coffee grinder so I can start like manually grinding my coffee with like a big hand crank. And that's what I'm looking for. So weird. Dude. And I, I God, I should have taken a fucking picture of it. And I look in this weird, like bin underneath a bunch of little chotskis, a bunch of little shit no one's ever going to fucking buy. And there's yeah. this JJ Fad record just sitting there looking at me. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you fucking doing, dude? So I go over there. It's like nine bucks. I said, dude, sold. Sold. You bought it for nine dollars? Nine dollars, baby. Was that a lot I can't believe a they didn't give, you for, give it to you for like a dollar. A dollar, dude? This is a bang. Are you kidding They me? don't know that. Well, on the label, Come. also like on the label, it, it did say produced by Dr. Dre. So whoever sold it did know a little bit about it. It was kind of produced by Dr. Dre. It was executive produced by Eazy-E, but it was also produced by Dr. Dre, Arabian Prince, DJ Yella. But uh, so like the members of NWA that matter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But damn, dude, this this album is a fucking banger. It is so good. And they were ranked on like fucking VH1 as as like one of the top. 100 one hit wonders of the 80s and they said fuck off this whole album is really? banger yeah stupid vh1 that's why they're dead <laughs> no, they're still around are they yeah they, they, sh- they just play they have the same programming as uh mtv the exact same shows lame stupid this album's yeah, a banger oh well, i don't know about that but here's a uh, what so do you want to introduce or what do you want to do yeah, uh, JJ Fad. Did I pick Super the album the, the song Supersonic? I don't think I did. I picked No, you, you didn't. What did I pick? You, the Way you Out. Went with Way Out. Way oh, out. dude, yeah. that's yeah, that's even better. Okay, here we go. Here's Way Out from uh, JJ Fad. Jeff's new favorite group.
There you go. Way out from JJ Fad. Jeff's new favorite group. Fucking bad, dude. It's not bad, dude. It, you're it's, silly. It's, it's, you're it's fucking so catchy. Silly. It's, Get, you're, it's why are you catchy. silly? You're being silly right now. I just right said now. it's catchy. You said I it's just not said bad. It's the only words out of your mouth yeah, after bad. that would should have been, that's a banger. So <laughs> okay, it's a banger. Silly. It's a banger. So it's not bad. Right? Got him, got him, got him, got him good. Yeah, I was, I was super happy with this. <laughs> I can't believe you paid nine dollars for this record, dude. I, you show, I fi- you show $9. me, show me a place where you're gonna find this for nine bucks. I don't know. I've never even heard of. It. Oh, I mean, besides you saying it a while ago. You outside don't, you of don't that, even, you don't even listen on the pod either. When we talk, why were we talking about Easy E? It had to be like one of our picks of the week or something. No, because we did a. Uh, did we do it? We did no. NWA. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, on on Ray on Rap Pod. Oh, that had to have been it. Gotcha. Because we did we fuck did the police. Uh, yeah, fuck the police. That's what it was. Oh, I mean, naturally, every time we bring up anything to do with like NWA, you always hate Easy E. But that's oh yeah, I I don't like Easy E at all. He was the worst part of NWA. Uh, it's true. Uh, it's true. Way Just out. Way out. That song is catchy though. That's so good. That that wasn't even like their biggest hit too. I think that was just the catchiest one on that one. We should do it on the pod sometime. Oh, I, oh my god, yeah, I would love <laughs> to do this. It's so good. She says, she says, you, yeah, we're getting stupid, and there's no doubt that this here jam is just so way out, way out, way out. God, oh my damn, god, damn, I listened to it twice in a row. So silly. I just, I want to hear the same song twice. Okay, so we played Jeff's pick. We went through what he got. Now, uh, now let's just kind of get into what I've what I've picked up, what I've listened to out of the big bin, and uh, into my weekly pick. So the first thing I have here, I got King Tubby. I got one of his records. For the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, and I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. But you have the record, so you probably know what it it's is. It's called King of Dub. King of Dub. There you go. It it it's great. It is great. Even though I'm I'm an idiot and forgot the title of it, but that's all right. It's all right. You had it. No, I mean, it's all right that you forgot. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah. But you like this record too, Yeah, right? it's fantastic. It's fucking good. It's very good. Great, great, great dub music. Much along the same lines as like Scientist. Very, very good stuff. Uh, the other thing I got here, I got uh, Gilberto and Yo- Yo- Yobim? Or Hobim? Hobim, probably. Is, is it Hobim? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. My... I don't know how to speak Spanish. Sure. Portuguese, I don't know. But yeah, I got uh, I got one of their their records that they did together and it was fucking amazing. Like it was so fucking good. Which which one? And which you're one the one way it? we it was um Was one they did with her oh why Kirby did, Man? Why did I not No, that that's another one that I'm gonna talk about. Okay. Ah oh, shit, hold on. Because yeah, I mean, I I don't know why I didn't write. This I down. I love Antonio Carlos Obim. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's so fucking good. But I can't remember. Yeah, the no the the well the this one is uh, it's 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 just Gilberto Gil, eh, Gilberto and Obim. Okay, it's the it's like a self titled thing. So that's what it is. But yeah, the, this one is really, really. It was really good, and I think this is one that you put in my batch. Like you gave this one to me. I would never probably give you one. It was probably one of the ones that we 
that we went back and forth deciding on which one to get. Oh, that's right. You know? When we were doing like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were, yes. Yeah. When we were doing, I, treating it like a draft. Yes, like a draft. There, the you there you go, there you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the 500 records. The 500 records that we split between three of us. Yes. In draft form, yes. This is one of the ones I picked up from you that you were upset. That I picked up, dude. Hobeem's so good, dude. The father of bossa nova, like the guy, like popularized the 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 genre of bossa nova for for everybody, mm-hmm. like for the world, man. He he brought it to them, and then and so I don't know if you have the, another one, but but Frank Sinatra also did one with them, with with both. Um, actually, I think it's Antonio Carlos Hobeem, maybe Gil- Gilberto. I think it's Gilberto Zhao. Zhao. Yeah, Zhao. Zhao. Yeah. But yeah, just it's with a J though, so probably not. Really good Jow. stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, no this this record was it like blew my mind. It was really fucking good. It was very very. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. It was great. So I I played that one. It was amazing. Then I put on the Herbie Man and um, ah, Zhao Gilbert one. Gilbert Gilberto. Was this the one that you wanted then? Yeah, which that, one was that, the one that was the one that I wanted because that, that one has the you know fucking top three. Bunch of Bossa Nova, oh yeah, yeah. fucking uh, legends throwing in on one on one album. Oh, dude, it, this one was really really good too. Both of them, it was just a great one two punch of these two records. It says uh, it says on Discogs for this one too, the Herbie Man one, that the the minimum is two two dollars and fifty cents. Then the median is six dollars and forty nine cents. Then the max is eighty dollars. That's probably like the biggest jump I've seen from six to eighty. Or from two to eighty. Oh yeah, because the minimum was two. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's got to be like a signed copy or something. I don't know. You know what I found out recently too? Uh, one of my friends, she was, we were talking about uh, Brazilian music because her boyfriend is Brazilian, and um, and she she told me something interesting that I guess back in the sixties and seventies, uh, I guess like the these big record companies, what they did is they went down to Brazil and they bought up like all the records from all these like famous artists and essentially like kind of told them like come with us and make pretty much like come with us and make us money. Otherwise you're not going to get like, you're not going to do anything down here because we pretty much just bought everything, all the records and like the record labels and shit like that. That's interesting. Something weird like that. Because I, I know like my favorite jazz musician is Stan Getz and I know he went to Brazil and kind of brought like the bossa nova, like he 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 engorged himself in the bossa nova scene, and then kind of brought mm-hmm. it to Americans. I wonder if like when he brought bossa nova back to America, I wonder if he 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 caught the eye of these greedy corporations. It could have been because that that was like it really could have been, but too. it was an interesting. Yeah, because it was an interesting interesting conversation because I guess. Her boyfriend has always said that, like, he's always complained, like, how Brazilian music's so expensive here at, in the States. And and then apparently, yeah, it, it was brought up. And you can look it up, too, I guess. I, I didn't verify this. But, yeah, apparently, like, they pretty much, like, American record companies dis- kind of almost destroyed or kind of fucked up the uh, the Brazilian music industry by doing that. By, like, kind of just really fucking over the artists. But, interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was an, an interesting little thing. Because that, yeah. that, that Getz Gilberto, the one, the, the, the Zhao Gilberto slash Stan Getz, that orange cover that keep telling you to get. Yeah, yeah. That one was released on Verve in, in fucking whatever the fuck that was, like 64, 65. Probably 60s. So I wonder, I don't know, man. I wonder yeah. if, if he brought the plague. 
He could, I mean, he very well could have. Yeah. That kind of seems like what, what kind of happens. Like you saw, I see that with Exotica music too. Like it seems like these American jazz artists go to, you know, different Adora countries outside of the U S and they kind of like pick up on everything and then almost exploit it for the benefit of themselves as well as the American music industry and then just popularize it. It's weird. It's really weird. But I mean, I guess that's all American music anyway. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of what Elvis did. And oh. Many other artists. Oh. Zeppelin, Rolling Stones. Oh. Stole from others. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I got those two. I also picked up uh, Charlie Bird's album, Hollywood Bird. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're familiar with Charlie Bird, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's it's an orchestra. It's but it also has like bossa nova undertones um, and and just and a lot of like acoustic, classical acoustic guitar playing. It's really cool. It's really really cool stuff. But it was like a dollar, so I mean, dude, that's so cheap. Yeah, I'm sure you could find it. It was, yeah. The the, the record store I go to, they have a lot of uh, a lot of cheap stuff like this. Like a lot of, I don't know if they have a lot of. Oh, they have some Charlie Bird, but it's mostly like a lot of Herb Albert and. Herb Alpert, uh, Jackie Gleason, shit like that, you know? Charlie Bird's another but guy yeah. that, that collabed with Stan Getz. Did Stan Getz just, like, collab with everyone? Pretty much anybody in, like, the Bossa Nova scene. Because, again, like, Bossa Nova was, was unknown to Americans kind of until Stan Getz, like, told us about it. I mean, thankfully he did, because who knows how long it would have taken for us to find this stuff, but... Yeah, it's shitty, but kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I also picked up Herb Alpert's, or I finally listened to Herb Alpert's T- and the Tijuana Brass, uh, the record Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Oh, it was her first. It was his first. It's, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. But this is one I always see for a dollar, too. I think at White Rabbit, they have like three copies of it there that, for a dollar. That cover is so stupid. It's very, it's just a <laughs> girl covered in whipped cream. It's so dumb. <laughs> But that's like what draws your eye to it, you know, when you see it is that stupid cover. But it's a fantastic record. Really, really good. So that I'm just really into this kind of like this jazzy exotica kind of big band stuff. It's so fucking good. I love it. It is. It is. I mean, for me, like exotica, like that Martin Denny stuff is is the outlier is kind of I'm, I'm still putting my toes in the water with that one. But yeah, like everything, I have like four or five Herb Alpert stuff, and it's fantastic. It's so good, and just any kind of jazz in general is just, from the '60s is, is going to be at least okay. Yeah, like it's never going to be bad. Exactly. That's very true. I don't think I've heard bad jazz from that era. You know, and I haven't even like splurged Modern yet. Jazz I'm like, on I'm like, I'm like an expensive Miles Davis or a Coltrane or or, or anything like <laughs> no, that. Right? I'm so reluctant to pick up like a thirty dollar gold train or something, or like Bitches Brew. You know, I love Bitches Brew, but like it's always like at least forty dollars that fucking album. Dude, I'm, and then the live version is even more expensive. There's a there's a place in Phoenix that that specializes in like audiophile type vinyl, and mm-hmm. and we're talking like I've seen like Kind of Blue by by Miles Davis there. I've seen Bitches Brew by Miles Davis there. Uh, for upwards of like 120, 130. That's insane. Like I won't even pay that much for Mars Volta. They're one of my favorite bands. It's just uh, my 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 system is not even set up to even uh, maybe pick up. I don't know the nuances of spending that much money. Yeah. I don't know, but like, not only fuck. 
but not only that, but think about when these records came out, they weren't, they weren't being listened to on these super expensive speakers. They were listened to on, you know, speakers from the 1960s, which overall weren't very good speakers, you know? So I just don't know why these like, the audiophile stuff is cool, but to charge so much more is insane because that's not how these records were made. It's like at least double too. Even on, on, on lowly Weezer records, you see, you see like blue or Pinkerton going for, you know, sixteen twenty dollars on Amazon, whereas like the digital remastered audiophile one are going for like forty bucks. Yeah, I it's, don't get it. It's, it's crazy. It really is. It's frustrating. But you know, like like go kind of going back to the Martin Denny thing, I, like a lot of the the stuff that I've gone like the Jackie Gleason stuff, uh, the Les Baxter. Uh, the Herb Alpert stuff is really, really good. I like it a lot, but it's more like big band. But I think the the thing that I like so much about Martin Denny is that he kind of shies away from the big brass instruments and he focuses more on the percussion, especially the xylophone. And I figured it out just a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you about it. It's the xylophone that I love. Yeah. I fucking love the xylophone. I don't know. Like it just all of a sudden clicked with me. Like that's what, the, that's the sound that is drawing me so, so, so far toward Martin Denny like I love it I like I love it I think he's great I think he's fantastic I think his music is really good the only thing that I I I'm cherry picking here is just like the Disney like like, like, like the Disney bird noises you don't like he doesn't need to do that because <laughs> on the first half you re- the first half of that album was kind of like a lot of that the, like that gimmicky stuff and the lat and then the other side of the album it shied away from it and kind of focused more just on the music and like, dude, you could have just done that the entire time. Like, I don't know. I get it. But, but like the reasoning behind it, it was because when, when he first started playing in Hawaii, he was playing at like little restaurants or his band was playing at little restaurants and stuff. And like between songs and kind of during the, the softer parts of songs, people would hear like frogs croaking or just animals in the background that were actually there, but people in the restaurant and the, the bars thought that the, it was actually part of the composition, but in actuality, it was actual animals outside. So that was kind of like, that's what kind of gave him the idea of adding that into the actual production, like adding the, the animal noise, because that's kind of how the band got started. Well, that's a, by I doing mean, that was, that's was a cool that. story, but that's kind of on the lines of, of, of when you hear like a live comedy album and everyone's laughing at a joke and, and they say like, oh, People at home aren't going to understand what this is. It's like, that's okay. That's fine, I guess. That's <laughs> but cool. it still adds a cool little little flair to it. It's not too distracting. But, and not only that, but like you see that in a lot of Brazilian music too. You hear a lot of like animal noises too. Like look at Jorge Ben's album, the Africa Brazil album. There's a lot of stuff on there that has has like the animal noises, like the monkey sounds and stuff like that. True. True. So I think you're kind of... Kind of, yeah. Like I said, uh, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm, I'm still because I bought from the one store that I know has it. I bought all the albums for you. I'm still looking yeah. for more albums by him for me. Okay, well, so. I appreciate you picking the ones up too, because you, you found, you found way more than I found. Because you don't look. All you look for is corn and the Deftones. But you're right. Yeah, all, all I, all I look for is corn and Deftones. That's all. The Deftones. Yes. The Deftones, yes, correct. The Deftones. That's all I look for. But anyway, yeah, so uh, some other stuff I got. I got going into kind of like the um, the proggy stuff. I picked up a uh, ELP. 
Emerson Lake Palmer. I picked up their album Pictures at an Exhibition. I thought it was fantastic. It was really, really good. I just, I like them a lot. I picked up a new one today, but I'll talk about it probably on the next episode because we'll see how that goes. But apparently you said the one I got today was really good. So we'll see. Yeah, it works. Fantastic. Yes, that one. So yeah, I picked up Pictures at an Exhibition. Great stuff. Never been disappointed by this band so far. I, I never thought I'd be as be a progman like you. I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. It's been weird. <laughs> say that. Uh, so another thing I got was a uh, yes. I got another one yes. of their records. I got Relayer. I got that oh. one. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for your. It was really good for your uh, for your take on this one. See, I'm not sure if like because my favorite is Fragile, but I'm not sure if that's my favorite just because it was the first one I listened to, but. I mean, Relayer was really good too. I dug this one a lot. Relayer is my is my favorite Yes album. Why though? I I think it it's it's it is kind of weird because it's not like a normal Yes album, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It just it has like it has everything. It has the straightforward prog rock that we love, and it's got a little mm. bit of jazz in there. It does like more so than 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 other. There's a lot of like really good stuff, and maybe maybe I'm even like um, jaded because it was one of the first albums that I got that one side was one track. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck? Like, how was there's only one song for this one side?" <laughs> and so I that just like really blew my mind. I thought that was really cool because you don't get that when you listen to like Spotify and stuff. You know, you don't. You don't get the no. the significance of having one song per side when you just hit and play or whatever it is. But I don't know, man. Really, it's, it's, it is really interesting how, like, at least for me, like my perspective on a lot of music has changed recently. Like, I really didn't think it would happen, but you know, having to flip a record and see why these songs are on side A, why these songs are on side B, like, why would you start side B with this song? And like, it makes sense is to why certain bands would start side B with a particular song. Like it's, it gives you such a different perspective on the album as a whole. Yes. That I never, I never thought I'd really experience, you know, be listening to as much music as I have for as many years as I have. Like I, this, this whole experience has been so like eye opening. It's weird. I think that's one of the biggest things. Like, like we complain about sequencing a lot sometimes with albums and like, why would you like, why would you sequence it like this? But then when you think about it, the time it takes you to flip from A to B, that downtime, that silence, that that potentially awkward silence, right? Like you need a yeah. good first track B side to kick it yeah. off. And that's where like sequencing comes in. And so, I don't know, just, just thinking back on some of the albums that we shit on because of sequencing, I wonder I wonder if it was, if, if it would have been different had we heard them on vinyl. True, but I think that that really only applies to bands from like like 1980 and before you know when it comes to sequencing like nowadays like the last 20 25 years it doesn't fucking matter like it it, the sequencing should only matter in the context of the album as a whole but not from a side to b side that's true but back then but in the 60s and 70s you had to worry about both you had to worry about the sequencing of the entire thing as well as side a and side b so there's more to it back then that's or maybe true. more thought. You know, no, no, no. There's there's merit in that. There is. Yeah. But, but Relayer is yeah. fantastic. It is really good. It's really good. 
And then the last, uh, the last little proggy thing I got uh, was Mahavishnu Orchestra. I picked up the the album Inner Worlds. I mean, this is what like we were talking about before the pod. This band has just blown my fucking mind. They're so good. They're so fucking good. This is the equivalent. This is like when you found out about Yes. This is like how I feel. How you felt about Yes. Like this band is so fucking good. Like they can just do no wrong. They have done no wrong. Like everything I've heard, they've done no wrong. It's so good. I love it. So yeah, just just go listen to this goddamn band. They're so good. Okay. Yeah, really. So good. they are fantastic. Now, getting out of the prog stuff, getting into more modern music, I'll go through these pretty quick because we've talked about these bands and these albums in the past. But uh, I picked up Refused and their record, Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent. Their second record, 96, I think it was. Dude, fucking banger, man. It's just song after song. It's just banger after banger. I, you, cannot, you cannot fuck with this album. It's so good. I think now this might be my favorite Refused record Damn. over just The Shape of Punk to Come. Like, this is... Fuck man, it's good. Has my favorite, uh, not my second favorite song on it, but it's, it's damn good. Were we doing like the the album ranking thing at this time when we did the Shape of Punk to Gum? Yeah, we did it. I wonder. We I wonder where I ranked this album. Or maybe we didn't. I don't think we were ranking, but I know you listened to their discography. Oh, okay. I think we were. You you wanted to do that because you wanted to get a feel of it of their of the band in general. So I think you listened to everything though. So yeah, I got that one. Uh, I also got AFI's All Hollows EP. Mm. Finally got that. Is it orange? Yeah, it's Christmas. I mean, not Christmas time. It's fucking Halloween time. Yeah, it's it's orange. <sighs> I wouldn't get the picture disc. Uh, so yeah, I got that one, the little orange 10 inch, and um, it sounds great. So good. Two songs on each side. <laughs> it's fantastic, and the artwork looks so cool. Like it's at the the very front of my collection because AFI, you know, alphabetical order. So right there, it's right there in front. So it's great. Damn. Good stuff. Great EP, probably possibly the greatest EP ever made. Probably. I don't. I can't. I can't think of any other EPs that are better. But exactly. So I'm right. Uh, so I also got corn. The corn album Untouchables. Uh, I would have got more corn albums, but I got screwed over by a particular record store. Not the first time. They did me dirty, but yeah, you, they did me dirty. Are you gonna still go back to that record store? Yeah, because they have a really good selection of stuff. But it's all new. I know, but they they have a really good selection of stuff. Fuck those guys. And, but and, but then some of the they they do have some cheaper stuff like the Trey record I picked up for you and I. Oh yeah, that's like the Long Live. Like that was like nine dollars. Yeah. I picked up a Death by Stereo there for eight dollars. You know, Bleeding Through is pretty cheap. Like they do have some cheap stuff there if you if you look. But yeah, so I got I got. I'm not gonna say what store it was, but yeah, I was done dirty this weekend. Really, really kind of pissed off about it because I went to this record store for three particular or four particular records. Like that was the only reason why I went there was for these four records. And I only ended up getting one of them because they did me so dirty. That's funny because that was not cool. So I texted you saying that Grace Records, like a legit record store, has all these corn albums. You said, no, I don't want those. I'm getting those (laughs) next week or whatever. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that sucks. Yes, that's exactly what I was referring to. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, I'll just say real quick. On the website, there were three corn records. Two of them were $17. One was $18. I picked up the $18 one because that's the one that, you know, that was actually $18. And then the other two were actually $33. Damn. And I said, well, on the site, it says these two albums are 17 
And he's like, oh, let me, let me call the owner real quick. So he called the owner. The owner didn't pick up. Then the owner showed up like 15 minutes later. And then the guy was like, hey, so this, the guy said, you know, 17 online. And they showed the owner. And the owner was like, he looked at the records. And he's like, no, these are 33. They're, they're, they're the music on vinyl. So they're 33 because they're, they're European imports. I'm like, dude. What a fucking in my mind, idiot, I'm thinking, like, dude. Yeah, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, I've been coming to this. Rec- like, I haven't been collecting that long, but I've been going there for the last few months. These records have been here for three months. The last three months I've been coming. Nobody's buying these. Like, just fucking, like, I I even said, like, how about we meet, how about I give you, like, 22 for each of them? And he's like, no, I can't do that. Like, dude, you own the, fu- I didn't say it, but I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, you own this fucking record store. You can do whatever you want. Seriously. Fuck, man. I was so mad. I would have la- straight up fucking left. He dropped everything and left. But then they had shit I, I already wanted. So Fuck them. I couldn't do that. And then the one thing I wanted the most was Check Your Head from BC Boys. The website said it had it, and they didn't have it. I asked the guy, hey, do you have, do you have Check Your Head? And he's like, yeah, we should. So he goes over and looks after I looked. He saw me look. So he goes over and looks. And I said, well, what, do you think it's up on the wall? And he's like, no, I don't see it up there. Hold on. He goes in the back. And I, and I said, it's on the website. And he goes in the back for like five minutes, comes back. He's like, sold out. Not even a sorry. Just sold out. Like, cool why man. do you go there? It's fucking annoying. I'm sorry. I just, I fucking went on a rant. I'm sorry. But why do you go there? Because they had shit that I wanted that that was cheap too. So that's why I picked up some stuff. You could probably just buy it on Discog for the same price as you bought it there without having to deal with such a fucking douchebag owner. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck that guy. Anyway, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. It was really annoying, but. Let's move on. So I only have a few left. Uh, I got Atreyu's album, Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses, but we'll talk about that at a later time for you know why. And uh, also from this, the same record store, Jeff, that we were, <laughs> I was just bitching about, I picked up Blink-182's Buddha, the color variant, uh, yeah. bright pink for the both of us. We both have it now. So oh, possibly. Yeah, yours is just sitting here. I'm sure it is. Hmm. So yeah, I picked that up. Um, Sounds great, man. It's good stuff. I love the that bright pink though. It looks great. And then I also picked up uh, the Beastie Boys album, The Mix Up. They're the, the what is this? They're probably their second best album. <laughs> the Mix Up, their second best album. Sounds great. <laughs> Listen to it last night. Why are you laughing? Because you're crazy. You're fucking crazy. You're a crazy person. It's their second best. You're a crazy. Person. Check your head. Check your head. Then the Mix Up, and then to the Five Burrows. Got him. So good, so yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic album. So I picked that one up, uh, and then I also picked up the Smashing Pumpkins record Siamese Dream. I'm so happy about it. I got it. I listened to it. It sounds amazing. I love this record. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Okay. So you should go listen to it. Definitely not. You will when we when we eventually do a Pumpkins record on the pod. You're gonna listen to all the. Oh. Damn, <laughs> it's gonna be miserable. It's gonna be a miserable week for you. Yeah, it might. It might be the worst. And then I'm gonna, and then the album of the week is gonna be their double album, this the melancholy album. So you make it even more miserable for you. Uh, so yeah, I got that one. And then the last thing here, this leads into my my pick of the week. It's Ted Nugent. It's his. Uh, it's the album is Cat Scratch Fever, but my song of the week is um, uh, oh my god, why am I having a out brain of control? Right now? Holy, sh- out of control. Yes. Out of control. But yeah, Cat Scratch Fever. 
this I grew up with this record. My mom listened to this album all the time. She's a big Ted Nugent fan. And um so yeah, I mean I I know these songs really well and it was this I found it for three dollars. <laughs> so I thought, why the hell not? It's it's a fantastic record. I I love listening to it. It it just reminds me of being a kid. It's just one of those super nostalgic records. And uh yeah, so that that leads me into the song of the week and uh it's out of control off Cat Scratch Fever. go ted nugent and the song out of control so good <laughs> do you love ted nugent now or what um ted nugent's just a guy that i i have like five of his fucking albums too and he's like kind of the jack of all trades if, if you're kind of in like a, a slump if you don't know what to put on next put on some nuge yeah it's fine you know yeah. what i mean it's fine That's i don't fun man I don't think like any of his stuff is fucking like record breaking or great, but I have a good time. Yeah, it's like consistently good. Yeah. It's like listening to Grand Funk, you know? It's like they're really good. Yes. They're really good and they're really fun to listen to, but it's not like Zeppelin level or shit like that, you know? I don't got to think too much about it. I can just kind of like tap my feet and have a good time. Yeah. And he always has like, what's cool about Ted Nugent is that. Throughout the years, he he's always had like a really good band with him. I mean, he didn't sing vocals on that song, on this particular record. He only sang on three songs, and then I forgot who the the singer was for the other ones. But yeah, no, he always had he always surrounds himself with like other really good musicians, and then his guitar playing is just fucking amazing. He's a great guitar player. He is. He is. I mean, I don't agree with everything that he says and does, but damn, dude, the the guy can write really fun songs and. He's he just can a, rip it up on the guitar. He's a rocker through and through. 
through and through, man. Through and through, man. <laughs> so good. So damn good. Ah, man. Ted Nugent's cool. Well, I mean, his music's cool. Uh, so I, I kind of have another pick, but it's not really my pick. It's more friend of the pod, Mike. He really wanted me to to bring the song up because we listened to it last night. But it's a song called Freedom Hangs Like Heaven from the band Iron and Wine. Iron and Wine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he just wanted me to bring it up. So I'm not going to play it. Oh, okay. He well, just wants so to go check it out. Like Iron Wine has always been this really boring individual that makes really boring music. <laughs> but this song was a banger, dude. This song was good. It was good, right? This whole EP was really good because he, he played this EP last night when we were listening to records and the whole EP was really good, but this is the first song on side B and it was, uh, dude, this, this like really got me. This couldn't believe this is not, this is not what his fucking music normally sounds like. Just throwing that out there. That's what I thought. The handful of iron and wine songs that I've heard. This is not what it sounds like at all. (laughs) So whatever. Yeah. This is a bit. This is very bluesy. This is very good. Yeah. So go, go check out the song. Freedom hangs like heaven. It's, uh, it's really good. Like, folk acoustic rock kind of I, I don't know I, I don't know another way to explain it but it's good this song is really good go check it out check out this whole ep that this this out this song's from i don't even remember what ep it is but check it out check it, check it go out. do it all right well that's it for the vinyl and stuff um should we you want to take a break oh yeah i'm good we, no or no we can keep going then finish it up take a break after going? this okay, okay cool Okay, so yeah, this is, um, we'll get into the next part here with some new albums and stuff and songs that have been released this week. Touche Amore, they put out their new album called Lament. This one was produced by Ross Robinson, my boy, Ross Robinson. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool record. It's very post-hardcore in the vein of Sparta or uh, like Glassjaw or shit like that. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good stuff. I'd recommend it. Give it a recommendation. So go listen to it, Jeff. You you probably could probably like it more than me. I know. I forgot to listen to it too. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. It yeah. I like it. It's getting really good reviews too. Mm-hmm. Really good reviews. So go check it out. Uh some new songs. Smashing Pumpkins put out two more new songs. One called Anno Santana and one called Birch Grove. Birch Grove. Uh, this is they've now put out six songs from their new record. Not even they're about a quarter of the way through of releasing their entire record right now but i thought they were really good the anno santana was more guitar driven than everything else they've released on this album but i thought i thought both songs were pretty good but you hated them but that's okay i um i liked them a lot they were good they they were they were pretty heavy they were pretty kind of like uh almost like synth 80s driven yeah i dug it i thought they were really good why are you gonna buy the new record I'm thinking about it. Are you really? I'm thinking about pre-ordering. Yeah, they drop. Because vinyl's a thing now. Like if you don't pre-order, then you're fucked. So. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true anymore. I thought that for like a month, but not anymore. But yeah, go go check out the two new Smashing Pumpkins record uh, songs. They're really good. Uh, Goldfinger put out a new song called Wallflower. Surprise release. I I like it, but then there are moments in it that I really hate really hate <laughs> so you probably like the fact that it kind of well for one it starts off sounding and the pacing is very similar to here in your bedroom 
and then it kind of goes into a ska sound, but then it com- transforms completely into your typical new Skiba era Blink-182 track? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Fuck this song. <laughs> it's like, it's it's the, the random whoa, uh, whoa, like right before, like in the pre-chorus, I think. And then also, I've, there, there's a thing that Feldy does with new Blink where he has like Travis hit the, the snare and Tom to transition into the, uh, it's like the next part, like that, da, 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 da. But the way the, the guitars and everything sounds together, it just sounds like, it sounds the same in every song. Like you can, you can take that part out of this song and put it in, in a Blink song and it would sound exactly the same. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, Probably I, not. no, this sounds like a Blink song. This sounds like a song that would have been off of California. Especially California Deluxe. Yeah, yeah, more Cali Deluxe, for sure. Yeah, man, I just, I want to like it. Dude. This song was fucking garbage. Like, it's okay. This song was terrible. <laughs> the beginning, re- there were parts that dude, were cool. I didn't replay the beginning like three times because I was like, dude, this is fucking here in your bedroom. He's just kind of reworking a, a couple of the notes here and there. But this is the, the baseline to here in your bedroom. Fuck, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. As Feldy would say. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That song was garbage. It was okay at best. Better than everything off of the the Knife. That last record, right? Was that the name of it? The Knife? Tijuana Sunrise? Better than Tequila Sunrise. Oh, Tequila Sunrise. No, Tijuana. It was Tijuana Sunrise. Was it Tijuana Sunrise? It was. Yeah, Tequila Sunrise is a drink. Tijuana but now I wouldn't put it song. past him, like naming his song after a, after a drink. That's true too. That's very true. Fucking Feldy, so dumb now. But um, <laughs> but anyway, Green Day put out a song. I don't know if it's a cover. I did, did like no research, but they put out a new song called War Stories. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I kind of liked it. Did you? What do you think of it? I thought yeah, it was forgettable. I, I mean, I think just like comparing it to everything that they, that they put out over the last like ten years. Oh well, my god, dude. Like, Father of All is so good. No, it's not, dude. Yes, it it's is. not. Yes, it is. It's fucking not good. But yeah, so they put out a new song called War Stories. Go check it out. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. Not forgettable, but... Well, I guess it is forgettable, but... Whatever. Actually, all three uh, of the last songs are forgettable. Well, that's true, too. That is very true. Uh, ACDC, they're back with uh, Brian, Brian Johnson. Wait, right? Brian Johnson? Yeah, DF. No. Okay, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so so they're back with a new song, even though everybody thought he was fired. Anyway, yeah, they put out a song called Shot in the Dark. I mean, this band, it's pretty remarkable that they still sound like this. Like, for as old as they are, they still sound the same. It's nuts. I mean, if it works, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And ACDC yeah. has been sounding like this since the beginning, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but no, nothing. It was probably cool in like the seventies and eighties, <laughs> but you know, in twenty twenty, fifty years later, it's kind of lost its appeal. And I know, but but four dudes in their seventies or five dudes in their seventies. Like I don't, I I they, don't even want to list off remarkable. how many ACDC songs this sounds like because it would just sound like all of them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, have a drink on me. Fucking, this sounds like Hell's Bells or parts that sound... You know, this this song sounds like just... It sounds like ACDC. Yeah, that's what you expect. And I don't 
you know, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, the last thing we have are here we, are is... We, are we boring you? No, I... Because I heard you yawn. Nah, you didn't hear me yawn. I did. <laughs> I heard and I seen no, you, you yawn. No, you didn't. You seen it. You seen it. Uh, so, yeah, the last thing we have here, William, William Shatner put out a uh, a cover of I Put a Spell on You from Screaming Jay Hawkins. I thought it was really fun. It was it, a lot, this, it like, it's from a whole album of, of covers. Oh, that's right. He did it with, he did that one with Richie Blackmore too, right? Who cares? This is, <laughs> like, who gives a fuck, man? Who cares? He's just having a good time, he man. He's having a good time, but I don't care. I just don't care. Ah, oh, man, don't shit on him. This is literally, a fun cover. Literally don't care. It was a fun cover. Come on. Come on. Yeah, it's a fun cover until you realize there's an entire album that he's fucking slanging full of these covers. <laughs> but it was good. I'm not going to play it, though. So, yeah, that's about it for um, for new music and everything. So let's move on. Uh, I mean, obviously, anybody listening to music, you've heard that Eddie Van Halen died this week. And, uh, yeah, that was very surprising that he died. Goddamn, man. What a fucking innovative guitar player and musician. And it's nuts. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, here's a guy that that is is listed in like the top five guitarists of all time in any list and rightfully so like you hear his his stuff and and there's no question about it just no question yeah. about it and dude he was like in his mid-60s yeah, so, so young not even old but to be fair like a fucking lifetime of his lifestyle like he lived a good life oh absolutely he like lived he a good life <laughs> fucking wild his, uh, dude some of the stories about this guy a life most people nuts. just dream about <laughs> so or are afraid of yeah or are afraid of too yeah yeah fuck yeah, so, yeah. Dude, he was it's just and it, this is like one of the musicians that i feel like this guy i mean I, i've only been a fan for so long for like not even that long and i i hate that it took me so long to get into van halen but like what this guy like did to inspire people to play music and to play guitar and just what he created and did is just so remarkable. Like, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Like he was just, he's one of those musicians that like I've talked about it before that are just like ununtu- like untouchable that they, they're so legendary that they don't seem real. Like if I were to ever walk into a room and Eddie Van Halen was there, I wouldn't believe he was, <laughs> it was him. Like, I walk into a room, Jimmy Page is there. I wouldn't believe it's Jimmy Page. Paul McCartney, same way. Like, I just would not believe that. I don't believe that they're like real people because they're so, yeah, so legendary. <laughs> and Eddie Van if Eddie Van Halen is was one of those people. Like, what could you what, like? What would you really talk about with with Eddie Van Halen? You know, like I, you, you couldn't like, you couldn't talk to him about <laughs> anything. <laughs> like he's like what would what would ain't nothing out of our mouths would interest Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing at all. It's crazy, man, crazy. But yeah, so he uh, he died sixty five years old. So there you go. Um, had to bring it up because the dude is legendary. But uh, on more positive news, the LA Lakers. This is not music related, but the LA <laughs> Lakers won won the championship, the NBA Finals, beat out the Miami Heat. So there you go. Congrats to them. Yeah. You know we're from we're from the LA area, so we've been Lakers fans 
for since we were kids, following Kobe all the way through his entire career. And uh, yeah, so good on Lakers. First win in 10 years. God, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. Or I'm hoping that there's the parades this week or they have a parade at all. Because I know, and I'm, I, I don't know, but I'm hoping that the parade will start or end on the Kobe Memorial. And it's just going to be a, a huge, like, sob fest. And I'm, I'm excited for that because... That'd be... Damn. In normal times, that's what would have happened, but... Yeah, so, so don't forget, like, when, when the riots were going on in L.A. and, and the protesting was, was turning to rioting... The only thing in like L.A. that was off limits was was the Kobe the Kobe Memorial. That's very true. Like it was very true. Fucking untouched. Ah, that's crazy. I totally forgot about that. And that's right, yeah. that's I don't know. That's just something. That's something to be said about Kobe and his impact on the just the people of L.A. Like especially for all of like you, people our age who grew up playing basketball and just watching it. Like Kobe was the reason why a lot of us watch basketball especially here in California. Like he was, dude, that guy was iconic. Even, yeah. Even, even in our group of friends, like we all loved the Lakers and we loved Kobe. Like we all had a shared passion of Kobe. So whether we had like Laker watch parties or whatever it was like, like anybody in our small group of friends and the spider web that goes out, everybody liked the Lakers and everybody liked Kobe. Yeah, even right. like even like Melody, dude, like girls like Melody, like <laughs> everybody loved Kobe. Yeah, he was, Co- dude. He was unbelievable. He he really brought our group of friends together, and it was, that's for like for me, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's something. It's cool too that we've all been able to like see him play too. At one at some point, you know, we were able to go watch a basketball game and watch him play and just rip it up. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Good times, good times. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's move on. Tom DeLong, my boy Tom DeLong, <laughs> uh, he announced that he's directing a feature. I don't know there we go, means. baby. A feature called Monsters of California. So I don't know if this is going to be a part of his Strange Times series, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll be interesting at best. Damn. Or at least, or at least, I'm sorry. It'll be, it, it'll be at least cynical. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> at least interesting. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, I mean, obviously, he, us here at Asinai Radio will uh, keep you updated on any Tom news. So, uh, so yeah. So, there's that. Uh, the next thing here, the band The Wonder Years, the pop punk band The Wonder Years, they have, uh, they're going to be doing something. I guess they, they play shows every year where they, what are they, they cover their albums every Halloween in time or something like that? They do like a, like no, a, like a dress-up thing. They, they, just, they pick a band and, and they cover them during Halloween time and they dress up like the band. That's right. That's what it is. So what they're doing this year on October 30th, they're doing it virtually and they're, they're splitting the band in half. So three members in one band and three in the other. And what they're doing, they're going to do like a face off. Each band's going to play blink songs and it's going to be like a blink blink off, I guess you could say. And I guess people can vote or people will determine who, who did blink better. And then after that, they're going to play a wonder year set. Like, this is so, so cool. I think that's a pretty cool idea. This is so it's cool. It's a pretty cool idea. Last year they did Limp Bizkit. Yeah, remember, I like that. I, I don't even remember they talked, what we talked oh, about Oh, that's last right. Year, remember? We did. Yeah. yeah. So they did Limp Bizkit that's, last year. Yeah. And then this year, I think they're going to split it between like new Blink and old Blink type of thing, probably. And this who plays better. Sense. They're a good pop punk band with more kind of like punk elements than pop elements, but they're a good pop punk band. 
and they kill it, and yeah. they're probably one of the best in the scene right now. Uh, maybe I I don't know enough about the Wonder Years to to make that that's that kind of statement. But okay, just say yes. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But no, this this idea is really cool. I like this idea a lot. It's it's clever. It's very very clever. So good on them. So I'll, I'm interested in this because Tom's involved. So um, I gotta be interested. And uh, the last thing here is uh, your boy Logic. He, uh, you like this guy, and he is fighting with his old re- or current or old record label Def Jam because apparently Def Jam hasn't been paying the people that helped him make his records, which is really fucked up. And his friends are asking, you know, why haven't I been paid and this and that. And now he's actually like blowing up Twitter saying, calling out Def Jam, telling, asking like, why aren't you paying the people who helped make these records and make you a bunch of money? Why aren't you paying them out? And then eventually he came out and said like Def Jam's barely even paid him anything. Dude, which is, is fucked. Like here we go again with Def Jam, right? Like with the yeah. BC Boys episode. It's just like fuck this label. Yeah. That's pretty fucked, man. I can't believe that. Like Logic is pretty pretty damn popular and I can't believe Def Jam wouldn't have paid him. Like especially after like all the shit that they've gone through. Like you, like we talked about with Beastie Boys and I'm sure they've done it with a bunch of other artists. Like why at this point why i i I don't i don't get like the article started too with with logic talking about how he dropped a fuck ton of money on a pokemon card and then it it transitioned into something else and that's kind of (laughs) like what caught my eye but like people are texting him while he's like having dinner and it's like pissing him off and and he retired from music just because he didn't want to do it anymore it's just for no other reason than he wanted to spend more time with his family and it's I don't know, man. I fucking hate. I can't stand Def Jam records. Yeah, I can't believe that. It's, it's public enemy number up. one. Yeah. Well, and then I, I did totally forget about the Pokemon card thing, but that was like the headline of the article, and that was like yeah. kind of the point of the article. So, so yeah, logic. What he did was he spent two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars on a fucking holographic Charizard card from like nineteen ninety-nine. And it's I get, it's just so specific to the point where like the Charizard doesn't have a shadow, so that's it's what a makes shadow. Is are you serious? Come on now, oh, Jesus! <laughs> that is the most expensive. I think one of the most expensive Pokemon cards out there. It it was it, it's considered now the the most expensive one ever sold. It was the one that Logic bought. He bought a fucking Pokemon card for two hundred fifty five thousand dollars. It's a shadowless first edition Charizard. God, Come on. Damn. So yeah, that I don't know. We got anything else to say? We got any, anything else you want to talk about? Bring up? What do you got? That's it. That's it. Well, so yeah, this is Asinine Radio. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Go do that. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into the what are we doing? We are doing Kid uh, A. We're doing Kid A from Radiohead. So go do that. Go check it out. Go listen. It's gonna be fun. And that's it. That's all. Oh, 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 oh.